Let's Talk Books. I'm Robin Van Auken, a writer and a teacher. My guest and I want to help you write your own book. We're sharing ideas about inspiration, book publication, and promotion. You can find the episode show notes, a free novel, guides, and tutorials at robinvanauken.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome. It's Robin Van Auken, the wholehearted author, and I'm here alone today, getting ready to record session 19 and talk to you about writer's retreats and writing sprints. Let's get started. Spring is supposed to be here, but I live in north central Pennsylvania and it's slow coming. We've had several snowstorms in the past few weeks, but the ground is too warm for it to stick around. Then we had rain and high winds. I believe the temperatures are rising next week to the 60s, so I'm itching for a writer's retreat. I like to go on solo writing retreats, isolating myself from the internet and the phone, and all the tasks that get heaped on my shoulders. My husband is heading out to town a couple of days. He's traveling to Florida to visit with family, so I technically could set up a retreat here at my house. But that still leaves the internet and the phone and the classes I'm wrapping up at LICO. We have three weeks left in the semester, so I can't run away yet. But I do enjoy writing retreats. Here's a quote by Helen Cords about them. During sessions of solitude, periods of silence, or time retreats, we shun life's chattering distractions and simply notice what is left, ourselves. Recently, I took a solo camping trip, and I had a great time. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but it bears repeating. I took my camper and my dog to Bald Eagle State Park. It's about an hour's drive west of here. There was no internet except for the data on my phone, and I really didn't want to use data, so I only used it for texting. The reason for the writer's retreat is because we don't always feel inspired to be creative. It's happened to me. It still happens to me. I've been on a hiatus from my fiction writing career for a long time. It wasn't intentional. I've just let tasks and other chores get in the way. But I wanted to wrap up a book series and move on to the next one. I needed to get back into the groove. And so that's why I was working on my solo writing retreat. I wrote quite a bit on the novel and and I read several books. It was a week of peace hiking the trails with my dog, taking photographs, relaxing around the campfire, and cooking whatever I wanted whenever I wanted to. I went to bed late, and I slept in when I could. But of course, I had my dog with me, so she, you know, more or less would wake me up and say, hey, it's time to go out. It's not the first writing retreat I've taken. I journeyed to Virginia with my friend Jan Overcheck one year when she had a timeshare vacation to use and her husband wasn't available. We drove to the cabin in the woods and it was January. It was freezing. Ooh. We spent some sleepless nights listening to the constant honking of migrating Canada geese. We also drove into D.C. to have lunch with her son and my daughter. We met at Old Ebbets Grill. Then Jan and I toured the National Archives, something we've both wanted to do and hadn't had a chance. It was a pretty awesome vacation. I mean, writing retreat. (laughs) I wrapped up my first novel on that retreat. I was wrapped in blankets and downing kegs of coffee. 
Come to think of it, that's probably why I couldn't sleep. Not because of the honking geese. Jan was sleeping just fine. So writing retreats are great outlets for creativity, and they inspire me to kickstart new writing routines. What helps even more than writing retreats sometimes are writing sprints. I look at these as mini-retreats. My infatuation with writing sprints blossomed after I attended a workshop taught by Dr. Rachel Hungerford. She offered us Journal to the Self. At this short workshop, she armed us with the tools to journal efficiently. She gave us five-minute and ten-minute writing sprints to break through this stubborn mindset, and I was delighted with the feedback. Because this is the kind of positive reinforcement you can only get with a challenge. Challenges force us to prioritize, and I needed a reason to quit shuffling between email and social media and my manuscript. I was able to combat this by accepting a simple, short challenge. It had a beginning and an end and positive results. It's a win-win situation. So I took that one step further and I created something called the 21-Day Writing Sprint Challenge. And I put it to use in my classes at Lycoming College. Not only is it a writing sprint challenge, but it's also a creative challenge. And it's a great way to connect and introduce yourself to others. I used this as an icebreaker when I had a public speaking class because the kids were very upset about speaking out loud. I understand that after death, public speaking is the next greatest fear that people experience. So every day, right after roll call, each kid would have to talk about something. And I chose my 21 writing day sprint challenges as that icebreaker. So each kid would tell us in their own words, in their own background, the answer to the writing sprint challenge. And they would say this out loud and they bonded. They got to be friendly. They became much more relaxed and it was easy for them then when it was time for them to stand up and do public speaking. Of course, in my communications writing classes, I use it for students to, uh, you know, create a writing routine, make them be a little bit more cognizant of deadlines and writing quickly because I would open up the class. The first 15 minutes of each class would find the students sitting down into their computers, logging on and working on their writing sprints. And if a student missed the class, they could still catch up with the writing sprint. It's not like, you know, you're out of class, you don't have to work on the sprint. No, you still have to do the work. This semester, I started something new. I have a few students that are doing independent research with me. And instead of having them use the writing sprints as a writing exercise, I introduced them to the Anchor software for podcasting. And I've had them create podcasts based on these writing sprints. They seem to really enjoy it. So how about you? Do you enjoy writing sprints? If so, you should check out my new Facebook group. It's the Wholehearted Authors Support Group on Facebook. And I've started a 21-day writing challenge. You can join us each morning at 6.30, or just wait until you wake up. You don't have to get on Facebook at 6.30. But look for the daily writing challenges on my Facebook page. If you don't want to wait, you can always download the 21-day writing challenge from my website. 
It's free to use, and it's an interactive PDF, which means you can download this little booklet, save it to your computer, and each day you can open it up and write in the PDF and then just save it. And then you'll have a nice little journal that you can either save and look at later or you can print. It's a cool little device. But if writing sprints aren't interesting you right now, let's talk about writer's retreats. Can you take a writing retreat? Hmm. No. How about creating a mini writing retreat where you are? But aren't writing retreats a time of solitude and quiet when you go away to a secluded location to focus on your writing project? Yes, but also no. According to Judy Reeves, author of the Writer's Retreat Kit, a guide for creative exploration and personal expression, a writing retreat is time you take out of your ordinary day-in and day-out routine when you set aside everything else and give yourself over to writing. I picked up the Writer's Retreat Kit from Autos, my local bookstore, and I've referred to it many times in the past few years. It's crammed with creative ideas for you to create your own themed writing retreat and immerse yourself in writing sprints. This kit will show you how to go on a retreat anytime, anywhere, and for any length of time. The only requirements are to set aside a place and time to enter your retreat mindfully and with intention. Do you need a reason to go on a writing retreat? How about 20? Here are 20 reasons Judy gives in her book to go on a writing retreat. Number one, to renew your creative spirit. Two, to connect with your inner voice. Three, to begin a project. Four, to complete a project. Five, to focus your attention. Six, to change your perspective. Seven, to unkink the coils of your brain. Eight, to find a connection. Nine, to cross-fertilize. Ten, to fill your empty cup. Eleven, to set a place for the muse. 12. To have time to simply be. 13. To rest. 14. To read. 15. To renew. 16. To reward yourself. 17. To be in solitude. 18. To be with other writers. 19. To honor yourself as a writer. 20. To write. A writing retreat starts with intention. This intention brings together your body, mind, and spirit into conscious awareness of the action you are about to take. So now that you have intention, make the time. No one is going to give it to you. You have to take it. Carve it out and claim it. I talked with my husband about my idea to go on a solo writing retreat, 
and he agreed that I deserved time alone. He also deserved time alone. So it worked out for both of us. He thinks it's such a good idea he wants to go on a solo writing retreat also. Plan your retreat. Are you going somewhere? Start with a reservation. Make a list of things you'll need and arrange for travel. Gather your materials, including your journal or notebook. Take your laptop. I decided to go camping, so I made a reservation online, then packed up all of our camping gear. With the camper hitched to the back of the truck, I headed west. Once on your retreat, make sure it's a safe, nurturing space. Make sure you feel protected both physically and psychically. I set up the canopy and placed my outdoor rug and comfy chair under it. I made sure everything was securely attached so wind wouldn't tamper with my sight. I cleaned the camper and filled it with comfy pillows and blankets and food I enjoy. And I took my dog, my best friend. Some people enter into retreat. They could hold a ceremony to define the idea of crossing a threshold. This could be a mindful awareness or even a physical action you take. I used a broom when I solo camped, sweeping away the cobwebs. Remember, writing is not the sole occupation of your retreat. Use this time to engage in something different. I went on slow hikes with my dog and took a lot of photographs. We explored the campground. I built campfires. This is a chore I've always left to others. So, you know, it was a learning experience. And I did a lot of reading. When emerging from a retreat, perform a ritual. Another crossing of the threshold, just as you did when you entered it. I cleaned the camper and I packed away all of the supplies. And then I dumped the holding tank. This is where all the poo is, you know the water from the shower. The flushing of a camper might not seem like a glorious ritual, but hey, it got the job done. I was out of there. Also, say thanks to the people who allowed you to retreat. Acknowledge their inconvenience and loss while you were away. Allow yourself to honor your time as a writer. I'm still thanking my husband. Just a few minutes ago, I encouraged him to enjoy his upcoming trip to Florida and to fill the truck with snacks he'll want. I encouraged him to buy new clothes for the journey, and when he's there, to play golf and go kayaking with family and friends. I want him to have a fantastic time, even if I'm not there. Because I'll be here, writing and retreating and sprinting to the end of my novel. Here's another quote. With the rest of the world pared away, a clear vision of long-buried beliefs and dreams takes center stage, and anything seems possible. Margot Robb So the author, Judy Reeves, talks about entrances into retreat. And she says that an entrance into retreat is a physical action, accompanied by an open heart and gentle mind. When enacted, this entrance moves the retreatant out of the ordinary time and into time out of time. It's a mindful action that brings us into the present. Each of the themed retreats in this book contains a suggested entrance into a retreat, 
and she's got a long list of them, as well as others to choose from. But here's just a sampling of the different ways that you can entrance into a retreat. Let's just go through this list, and uh, I might not agree with all of them. Maybe you don't either. But you know what? This is her book. Entrances into Retreat. Meditate, sit in stillness, and say a prayer. Read a poem or a meaningful passage out loud. Close your eyes and focus on a mental image. You could read The Artist's Prayer from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. You could also read The Artist's Creed from Marry Your Muse by Jan Phillips. Listen to music, poetry, or atmospheric sounds. You could light a candle or incense or arrange some potpourri. Some people create an altar. You could take a bath, take a nap, or take a walk. You can make a mandala. You can stretch or do yoga practice. You could sweep the walk or the porch, just like I did. I swept the inside of the camper. You can water plants. You can change clothes, put on something special, or wear the same special garment each time. I have something I call my writing sweater. It's something I picked up about 22 years ago. Um, I was out shopping again with my good friend Jan Ogercheck and her husband Richard. He was picking out clothes for her, and it was just the three of us out at the mall. When he saw this gray, frumpy sweater, and he goes, Hey, Robin, this is a good sweater. You should try this on. And um, basically, just to appease him, I picked up the sweater. It was on sale. It fit. I just said, Okay, yeah, sure. And I popped it into my um, basket. But it has become my absolute favorite sweater. And I keep it here at my desk. And I wear it every time I sit down to work on my computer. Remember, because I live in north-central Pennsylvania where it's always freaking cold. Other ways to entrance into a retreat? You can gather firewood and start a fire. You can write a note or a postcard to someone, maybe to yourself. You can brush your hair or brush your teeth. Count your blessings or make a gratitude list. Draw a picture. Consult an oracle. Ring meditation bells. Open a door and enter, then close the door behind you. Okay, like I said, this list may not be for everyone. Personally, I'm not a woo-woo person. That's what I, I call people who enjoy doing, you know, things like consulting an oracle. What does that mean? Okay, I know what it means. But I don't have meditation bells. Um... But writing a note or a personal postcard to someone or maybe yourself, that's very interesting. There is a website called Future Me. And what it allows you to do is write an email to your future self. I recently had surgery. And when I say recently, I mean like over a year ago. Um, but before the surgery occurred, 
I wrote a letter to myself and I encouraged myself to be positive and hopeful. And I um, said all kinds of things in this note to myself that, you know, yay, I know you exercise and you stayed on a good diet, which, you know, I, I stayed mainly okay. But it was an encouraging note to my future self. And I used this software online to send this letter to myself in one year's time. And then you forget about these things. So lo and behold, a year later, I look in my inbox and there's a letter from me from the past. And it was, it was just, it just brought tears to my eyes. So, you know, those kinds of things can work. I encourage you to think about it. But when you are immersed in your writing routine, think about how difficult writing can be. There are some rules to guide your pen as you write from the exercises in this book and the prompts from these cards. Here's 12 different guidelines to help you with your writing practice. Get ready, okay? Number one, keep writing. Don't edit, rephrase, rethink. Don't read what you've written until you're finished. Okay, sorry. I know I said number one and you're expecting number two, but here's where I got a confession. I'm an editor. I don't keep writing. I go back and I reread and I edit constantly. One of the reasons why is because I just want to rethink it, but it does help for me to have a cleaner manuscript at the end. Number two, trust your pen. Go with the first image that appears. I guess it's the first image that appears mentally. Number three, don't judge your writing. Don't compare, analyze, or criticize. Number four, let your writing find its own form. Allow it to organically take shape into a story, an essay, a poem, a dialogue, an incomplete meander. Number five, don't worry about the rules. Don't worry about grammar, syntax, punctuation, or sentence structure. Number six, let go of expectations. Let your writing surprise you. Number seven, kiss your frogs. Remember, this is just practice. Not every session will be magic. The point is to just suit up and show up at the page no matter what. Number eight, tell the truth. Be willing to go to the scary places that make your hand tremble. Be willing to tell your secrets. Number nine, write specific details. The truth isn't in the facts. It's in the detail. Number 10, write what matters. If you don't care about what you're writing, neither will your readers. Be a passionate writer. Number 11, read your writing out loud after you're finished. You'll find out if you've written what you care about and when you're writing the truth and when the writing is working. Number 12, date your page and write the topic at the top. This will help keep you grounded in the present and help you reference the pages you might want to use in something else. So I hope this inspires you to think about having writing sprints and many writing retreats in your life. These are just simple tools that writers can use to try to break away from the demands of the ordinary day, to take us to that special place so that we can imagine the worlds that we're writing about in our books. So let's have another quote. The creative process is a mystical path. It is not measured in miles or minutes. It is not linear. We do not enter it after we get everything else out of the way. 
we must know that we can enter at any time and anywhere. Knowing this brings an exhilarating sense of joy. And this is by Bergold Nina Holzer. So I hope this short podcast inspires you to think about writing retreats. Joining me on Facebook, I have a 21-day writing challenge. Take it, accept it, run with it. If you don't want to join me on Facebook, download my 21-day writing sprint challenge and see where it takes you. I just hope this podcast inspires you to start writing today. So that's the end of episode 19. You can find me online at robinvandalken.com. And while you're on my site, download my novel, West Wind. It's free. And it was written on writing retreats. And speaking of free, I've got half a dozen free resources for writers and other creatives. So sign up today. Check out the episode and the show notes at robinvanaken.com, session 19. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button on your device. Until next time, goodbye.